Girlfriends, episode number 205, Six Spiritual Resolutions for 2020. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking about spiritual resolutions you might want to consider taking on in this, the brand spanking new year. Can't wait to start this conversation with you. Let's go. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? I feel like I should say welcome back to me and to you because this is actually the first time I'm sitting down to record girlfriends in 2020 in anticipation of the holidays and my son's wedding, which was January 3rd. I pre-recorded a ton at the end of last year, so I kind of got ahead of myself, and which was very helpful for schedules and whatnot, but I've missed connecting with you guys. I've missed being here. I feel a little bit out of touch, so I am so glad to be back here recording today in 2020. How's your 2020 going? Mine is off to a great start. I already mentioned uh, my son's wedding, which was January 3rd, which was a lovely event. I absolutely loved meeting a lot of his friends, actually, for some of them I'd met before, but um, meeting some of his friends from school for the very first time. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful day. I'm still crying a little bit. (laughs) Happy tears. Happy tears. Uh, But it was so great to meet some of his friends, to meet um, some of my daughter's friends from school and have the families get together in what was ultimately such a joy-filled celebration. Uh, My son and his new wife, Paulina, are currently on their honeymoon, and we're getting pictures sent back, so they are communicating a little bit. Um, Thrilled and happy to be beginning the new year this way. I did happen to, at the wedding and in the events around the wedding, meet some people, some young people who listen to the Girlfriends podcast, and it got mentioned I didn't get to meet this young lady, but I follow this young lady on Instagram because um, she's a roommate of my daughter at Ave Maria University. I do want to give a shout out and a hello to Emma. Hi, Emma. I heard that you are a listener of the Girlfriends Podcast. I also heard that you are listening sometimes in hopes of hearing some dirt on my daughter, Juliet, or perhaps an embarrassing story from her childhood. I'm going to give that some thought and see what I might be able to share with you, what I can dig up around here. But in the meantime, I want to thank you for listening. I'm thrilled. Every time I hear about someone college age or even younger who listens to the podcast, I am so thrilled to be reaching a younger audience in that way because I've also got grandmas who are listening and uh, they're writing in and letting me know what they appreciate about the podcast. So it really reinforces the idea that what we do here at Girlfriends is for women from all ages and stages and walks of life. I love being able to connect here about the things that matter to all of us. Truly, we have these things in common and I never feel more encouraged and built up and supported than when we come together and share honestly and truthfully and vulnerably about these things that we all struggle with, these things that we all find challenging, these things where we find joy, where we find triumph, where we find that we have the greatest meaning and strength inside of our personal relationships, especially. So I'm thrilled to have you listening, Emma. Thanks for listening. Thank you all of you for being listeners here. If you are a first time listener of the Girlfriends podcast, I want to give you a special hello and welcome. I hope you're going to enjoy what we share here. I hope Girlfriends will ultimately end up being a regular and supportive and encouraging and helpful part of your everyday life. 
Thank you for being here. So this week's topic, we are talking about spiritual resolutions. It's okay to still be talking about resolutions. I decided when I was thinking about this topic, um, it's okay because we're still working them out. You have all of January. If you are a resolution person, you have all of January to decide what your resolutions will be. I'm going to give you that permission right now. Sometimes we do just need somebody else to give us permission to do something that makes perfect sense. So let's talk about resolutions. Are you a resolution person? I think we've talked about them before here on the podcast and I tend to more think of goals and the new year is a great time of year to think about what might I like to accomplish in the coming year. I didn't have a ton of time myself personally to reflect on these things because of the rush of the holidays and then right moving right into New Year's and the wedding. Um, so in this past week, I've taken a little bit of time to just kind of reflect on what might be some goals. And in the past, I've shared with you that I think it's helpful to break our goals down into categories, especially at the start of the new year when you're going to make maybe some general goals. Um, And I've encouraged you to think about making relationship goals, making work-related goals, making uh, personal health goals, uh, making spiritual goals. So this is the one I want to focus on this week is making some spiritual goals. So I'm going to propose to you some ideas for six spiritual resolutions that you might consider taking on in 2020. Now, let me tell you, I'm going to go through this list and they're not a big deal. They are small things, but I don't want you to feel like I'm giving you this list, like do all of these things in 2020. I am giving you this list in the hopes that one of them might stand out to you. The Holy Spirit might nudge you just a little bit when I talk about one of these ideas and say, hey, you could do that and you'll give it a try. And if you succeed with that one, maybe you'll move on to another one. That's really my goal and my hope here. Sometimes we do have this tendency to want to take on everything all at once, especially at the start of the new year. We've talked about this a lot at Girlfriends, making the perfect, the enemy of the good to the point where we're paralyzed because there's just so much good we could be doing and yet we feel like we can't accomplish it all or taking on so much that we exhaust ourselves, that we get discouraged, that we fall short of our goals and then we throw it all away. I don't want any of that for you. You know who else doesn't? God doesn't want any of that for you. He wants you to feel encouraged. He wants you to feel like you can accomplish good things in the coming year. So let's start small. Let's talk about what some of these small spiritual resolutions might be for 2020. The first one I want to mention is making sacrifice on Fridays. Now, many of you probably already do this, but I know some people don't. Some people aren't even aware of this idea. So I got this idea from um, an article I read from Father Ed Looney. Father Edward um, is a writer that I got familiar with back when I was working on Catholic Digest. He's also done some writing for Catholic Mom. Great guy. I had the opportunity to meet him at the Catholic Marketing Network a a while back. Um, And he had an article where he mentioned the concept of meatless Fridays. And um, he quoted Canon Law. Canon Law 1250 says, quote, the penitential days and times in the universal church are every Friday of the whole year and the season of Lent, end quote. So what he was pointing out was every Friday is meant to be penitential. Now, we tend to think of meatless Fridays as a Lenten thing, and for sure, it is a required thing during Lent. Not a required thing throughout the year, but many people do make that a practice. And I grew up in a family where we did make that a practice, and um, in our own family, we have made that a practice of not eating meat on Fridays. Now, I'm going to tell you, 
we fell off the wagon <laughs> somewhere along the line. It became sort of a habit to think, oh, you know, oh, I, I planned cheeseburgers for dinner. And it's a pain to change the menu or we're going out to dinner and I really want to order the steak. So we would make these concessions and say, okay, well, we're not going to do meatless. We're going to make some other sacrifice this Friday. But I found that the more we got in the habit of doing that, the less we were likely to follow through and actually be making some other deliberate sacrifice to set aside Friday as a penitential day. So it doesn't have to be a big deal. And I find that making Fridays meatless is kind of a good no-brainer way to make sure you are doing it, right? And this is something that I find, especially during Lent, when I'm much more serious about it, like you cannot, right? <laughs> this is true that you cannot eat meat on Fridays during Lent. You're not allowed to swap it out for something else. That having that kind of imposed upon you also is sort of a practice of obedience. And there's a humbling thing about it. And yeah, for sure, sometimes it's not necessarily about needing to eat meat. Honestly, if I have good food, good vegetables around, uh, I could probably go much longer than a week without eating any meat and not really miss it. It's not about that for me. For some people, they really are attached to eating meat and it's a different kind of sacrifice. For me, it's more about, it can be an inconvenience sometimes, um, or it's about preparing a meal that I know my family will enjoy, which more often than not, uh, especially for my husband, is going to include some sort of meat as a protein. So it's helpful to kind of have that kind of as a no-brainer built into what you do for a practice. So um, in uh, the past year or so, I've been working on getting better about making it every Friday. You might consider doing that. You might consider, if you don't already, making every Friday of the year uh, a meatless day for you and for your family. Now that said, maybe that's not going to be what makes sense for you. But think about how you make Fridays a penitential day throughout the year, not just during Lent how you make them a penitential day. And it doesn't have to be a big deal. Not eating meat is not a big deal. Um, it could be that something else that you refrain from, maybe social media on Fridays, or you skip lunch on Fridays, or, you know, these are just examples. You know your life. You know what might feel inconvenient or you might notice as a small sacrifice. Do that thing on Fridays. Make sure that it's a regular thing. Give some thought in the coming year to how you make Fridays penitential throughout the year and then begin to make that a habit in your everyday life. Okay, so that's just the first one. Consider making Fridays meatless. Consider what other kind of penance you might take on on Fridays throughout the year. Number two, this is so basic. This is so simple. And yet sometimes we don't do it. Read a spiritual book. Have a spiritual book that you are reading. I know I have stacks and stacks of really great Catholic books all over the place. <laughs> for sure. Some I have purchased, but many of them get sent to me because I'm on reviewers lists, both through the podcast and through my past with Catholic Digest and now through Catholic Mom. So I get sent these books by publishers. They're really great books. And yet I don't often enough make a deliberate effort to keep them where I'm going to have access to them and actually be reading them. So what, what are these places where you might consider keeping a spiritual book um, on your bedside table, in your bathroom, in your car, in your bag that you take places with you. You never know when you're going to find yourself with a little bit of downtime, a little bit of waiting time, perhaps in the parking lot waiting to pick up your kids. I find that a large part of making more time for reading, especially for spiritual reading practice, is about making it convenient. So whatever spiritual book you have, and I bet you've got some around, some that you've bought and really intended to read and you haven't gotten around to reading them, keep them with you. Find a way to make them convenient and at the ready. I'm not going to suggest which spiritual books because there are so 
many. Of course, I want you to read my books. Go on Amazon, type in my name, and buy one of those books. Sure. <laughs> Beyond that, though, um, think about the kinds of books you enjoy reading, the things that inspire you. Ask um, some friends for recommendations if you aren't sure where to start. Look up some of the great books published by Catholic publishers. Sophia Press, Tan, Ascension, who puts out this podcast, has a bunch of great books, especially recently. They've been more focused on publishing some great Catholic books that you're going to want to check out. So consider doing that. Consider reading a spiritual book. Some of us make time for reading other things, fiction, uh, self-improvement books, nonfiction, and those are great too, and those are a great use of your time. But make sure you're making time also for spiritual reading, things that are going to inspire you. I especially like to make time for that in the morning, even if it's just five minutes, for a thought, an idea, an inspiration that you can then take with you through the day and kind of work through it in your mind. I especially love reading Fulton Sheen. Um, I've got a number of his books, and um, I love to read just a tiny passage because it's so rich. There's a lot there, and I like to kind of take my time and go through and reflect on the, what I've read, what, the thought that he shared, the the little bit of um, you know deep, deep reflection that he's given us, I can then take through my day and kind of go back to it and think through it. Um, that's a great practice, and it doesn't have to take a lot of time. It's a great way to kind of you know steep your day in spiritual thought, in a spiritual practice of reading a spiritual book at some point in your day. So consider reading a spiritual book. That's Spiritual resolution number two, the suggestion that I have for you. Now, similarly, number three is also a reading practice, but I want to encourage you to think about a daily reading practice you might take on. Now, there are so many books, and I've even written one together with Elizabeth Foss called Small Steps for Catholic Moms, Your Daily Call to Think, Pray, and Act. And it's a book where you have a page every day, and there's a inspirational quote from a saint or from scripture. And then there are uh, just a brief reflection and then little prompts, something to pray, something to think about for further reflection, and then an action item, a suggestion prompt for an action item. And that book happens to be set up in the virtues. So each month of the year focuses on a specific virtue. I loved writing that together with Elizabeth Foss, who's my good friend, who's been here as a guest on the podcast now two times. We had her again just during Advent. She's gone on to found the initiative Take Up and Read, which is um, a publisher of journals for Catholic women based on scripture. But that book is so, I loved writing it and I loved um, sharing it with others because it's so very doable. Each entry truly is just a page and you can do it inside of five minutes. And I remember when that book first came out, I remember just encouraging women, just you do have five minutes in your day. You do have five minutes. Um, But I think there's really something helpful about having a daily thing that you go to. There's also the Prayer Companion for Catholic Moms published by Ave Maria Press, put together by dozens of contributors from CatholicMom.com, another great resource, which is Daily Reflection a little daily prayer passage and um, a little inspiration for you each day that doesn't take much time at all. But there are tons of them. We had Catherine Jean Lopez here on Girlfriends 
at the start of Advent talking about her new book with Tan called A Year with the Mystics. And there's another great resource, very doable to read one page each day. Um, and, you know, find one that suits you. Tan has a whole series of A Year With, A Year with Mary, A Year with Various Saints. And um, those are a great resource if you're looking for something that's just a little nugget, a little something that you're going to practice every day. I find it's really helpful to have something small like that, that you make a daily practice, begin your day, make it a part of your daily morning habit to reach for that book and just reflect on it. Spend a little bit of time with that prompt toward prayer inside of your everyday routine. So consider picking up a daily reading practice, not necessarily reading a great big long spiritual book, but a daily practice, something you're going back to usually in the morning is a good time to do it. So something you're going back to every day, making it that kind of a real habit. All right. There's a theme here because my fourth suggestion for a spiritual resolution is to read scripture every day. Now, this might very well be incorporated in in your daily reading practice. It's inside of many of those books that I mentioned as suggestions for a daily reading practice. It might be the spiritual reading that you're doing every day, but it might not be. I want to encourage you to make sure that reading God's word is a part of something you do every single day. Now, this does not have to take a long time. If you go to daily mass, you're covered, right? Because of course you have the readings in daily mass. If you aren't able to get to daily mass, you still have access to those readings. Get an app. There are lots of them out there, great ones that will give you the daily readings or just log on to the USCCB website where they offer you the daily readings every single day and you can read them or you can listen to them in audio form. You can get a podcast that will read them to you while you're driving in your car. Um, but make sure you are reading God's word every day. Make it make yourself comfortable with picking up your Bible. Have it ready for you in the morning, in the evening. Have it on your kitchen counter. Let your kids and your husband see you reading God's word. Be that example inside of your home. Be that example to yourself of how you can make a habit of reading scripture every day. And like I said, it might just be reading part of a psalm. It might be reading one little you know, one little excerpt from scripture uh, that speaks to you. You might make your way through the whole Bible. Now, there's a big task. And Brandon Vaught had, um, you, if you're not familiar with him, you can check him out um, at Word on Fire. He works for uh, Bishop Robert Barron through that organization. Um, he had at the start of the year, he was promoting this link. You can find him on social media. I'm sure this link is easy to find. If I remember, I'm going to make a little note right now to put the link in the show notes um, of like a guide for reading the Bible, the entire Bible inside of a year. Um, he didn't recommend you just open up Genesis and work your way through. Um, but this was a very doable guide in like 15 to 20 minutes a day, depending on how fast you can read, that if you did it every day, you could read the entire Bible inside of 365 days. So there's a good goal for 2020. Might be more than what you're looking to take on though, but I just want to encourage you to, if that's not what you're feeling called to do, pick up the Bible and read God's word every day. Find a way to do that. Find a way to make that a daily practice and get comfortable and get familiar with your Bible. Um, one thing that has been a, a nice spiritual fruit from the women's group that I have that we meet once a week at my local parish in the evenings. I've talked with you about starting this group before, but um, for those of you who aren't familiar, we just meet once a week on Wednesday evenings and we read through the readings for that coming Sunday and we just talk about them. We share some of the 
reflections and insights and um, notes that are included inside of our own Bibles, um, but as well as share from our own lives in the ways in which the message of God's Word might be applied to our own lives, might be speaking to us, might be challenging us inside of our own lives. It's really been a wonderful way for me to connect with other women in my parish community. Um, some women that I knew beforehand, but many that I didn't know beforehand. Anyway, I want to encourage you, if you are at all feeling inclined to do that, it is very doable to do it that simply. Um, but related to this topic, one thing that I did was in the beginning, I used to print out the readings and I would bring uh, copies of the printed out readings to our meeting every week and we would read from the printed out copies. But then printing costs <laughs> were adding up as our group was growing. And I decided, you know what, I'm just going to put the citation here. We have Bibles that are accessible there at the parish. And I'm also encouraged women to bring their own Bibles to class. And it's not a class, it's a group, it's a reflection group. And then we look up the passages each week. Well, I didn't realize just how helpful that would be, that it's been a great practice for some women who were not familiar with the Bible at all, getting familiar with the books of the Bible and where they're located, and kind of getting a feel for the ways in which we're working through the books of the Bible, through our readings every week at Mass, and just just getting more comfortable picking up your Bible and finding a passage. Just been a wonderful practice. So I want to encourage you, if you don't already do that on a regular basis in your life, find a way to do that. Find a way to read from your Bible every day. So that's my fourth suggestion. Moving on, the fifth suggestion for a spiritual resolution for 2020, begin and end your day with deliberate prayer. Deliberately set aside some time in the morning and in the evening for prayer. Now, you might start with just one or the other if you aren't doing either, you know, to make this not too daunting a task. Um, so there are some spiritual practices we've talked about here on the podcast in the past, most especially the morning offering. If you don't already say a morning offering, do this much in 2020. Do this much. Make this a habit. Before you even get out of bed in the morning, you can pray a morning offering. Now, there are many that are uh, formulas for a morning offering. You can memorize one. I have one memorized. I think it's from Fatima, um, the one, the particular one that I say. But it's just words offering up your day to God before it even begins. Giving God your day, all your words, all of your actions, all of your prayers, all of your sacrifice, all of your work in the day, giving it over to God before it even happens. What a powerful thing. What a beautiful act of submission to begin your day with. What a beautiful act of humility to begin your day with, because understood in giving it over to God is an acceptance of what's going to happen. A beautiful thing to do before you even know what's going to happen, right? And a beautiful prayer to say, because it gives great meaning to all of the work and the sacrifices and all of the challenges we're going to face in our days. I make it a practice to pray my morning offering before I even get out of bed, but you might want to make it part of your practice. Um, you might want to add it to grace, you might say before breakfast, or add it to your morning prayer time that um, is like, you know, before or after your shower or whatever routine you have. Find a way to make it a part of your routine to say that morning offering. And like I said, there are formulated ones, but it can be as simple as praying in your own words, just offering God your day telling him you you love him and you accept whatever is going to come your way and you want to offer it up as a sacrifice back to him. Maybe you want to attach specific intentions to what you're offering up. Um, you can attach intentions for things going on in your life, for people in your life you want to pray for in reparation for your sins, for the sins of other people. It's a beautiful, powerful practice. So find a way to make that part of your everyday routine in the coming year, making that morning offering. And if you've been in the habit and gotten out of the habit, 
here is your reminder of the power of making a morning offering and the importance of making that a daily habit. Now, one that I haven't talked about as much is ending your day with an examine. Now, this is an Ignatian spiritual practice where you kind of walk through the events of your day at the end of your day. Now, there are formulas for ways you can do this formally, um, asking yourself certain questions about your day, um, saying you're sorry for things you might have done wrong, asking forgiveness, thinking about areas in your life where you want to ask God for his help in the future, those kinds of things. There are formulas out there. You can do a little research and find one that speaks to you. There are apps that will walk you through this process if you're not familiar with doing it, but it doesn't have to be formal in that way at all. It can be just spending a few minutes at the end of your day, make it a part of your nighttime routine, make it something you do while you're brushing your teeth, you know, attach it to something you're already doing every evening, but make it a habit to reflect back on your day. Think about things that went right and give thanks to God for the good things that have happened. Think about things that went wrong. Ask forgiveness from God for ways you might have sinned, fallen short. Um, Ask for the grace you need to overcome something that you're struggling with. Ask for the strength you need to be a better person the following day. Um, Look for ways in which you can recognize God's presence in your life. Reflecting back after the busyness of a day, find a few quiet moments to spend in prayer spend reflecting on God's presence, the ways in which he's truly been present to you throughout your day, even in moments where you were not thinking of him. This is an opportunity to reflect back and have that 2020 hindsight vision looking back on your day. So look for a way to make an examine a part of your daily spiritual practice in the coming year. So begin your day with prayer, end your day with prayer. If you're not currently doing either one of those, pick one and start there. Start with something small, start with a commitment to add that little bit of either morning prayer, evening prayer to your day. Okay, now my sixth and last suggestion for you to consider for a spiritual resolution for 2020 is to think about a way that you can, in the coming year, make a pilgrimage. Now, a pilgrimage is kind of, maybe you think of it as an old-fashioned idea that people don't really do that anymore, but it's a beautiful spiritual practice where you physically visit something that a place that has spiritual meaning. Many times um, it would be, you know, well, in the big ways, it might be going to the Holy Land for a pilgrimage, right? But we don't all have the time or the budget or the ability to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land in the coming year. But there are smaller ways that you can make a pilgrimage, and it can be really a meaningful and fruitful spiritual practice to make a trip somewhere that has spiritual meaning. So let's think about what are some of these ideas. Now, there might be a shrine near you. So my daughter, Juliet, and I, um, last summer, as you know, I shared with you here on the podcast, we set as a goal running a half marathon together last summer, and we worked toward it together. It was a great experience. So much fun to do that together with my daughter. I loved having that shared goal, which was a little bit challenging, um, and kind of taking that on together and having that experience together with her. And so when it was done, we were talking about what can be our goal for next year, And it seems like a lot of times these goals that people set together are physical ones, physically challenging, like climbing a mountain or running a marathon or, um, you know, whatever it might be. And I wasn't so much inclined to do that. So we talked about what are some other creative ways in which we might challenge ourselves in the coming year, especially during the summertime when she's going to be home. And I did a little research and I came up with this list of um, the top 10 shrines, spiritual destinations 
inside of New England. And I looked at the list and they were all driving distance, some of them a little bit more than others, of our home here in New Hampshire. So I said, how about if we make that our goal to visit these 10 places during the summer of 2020? And uh, she agreed. So this is our goal. This is one of our goals for 2020 is to visit these 10 shrines. I'll share with you the list in the show notes for those of you who might live in New England, but research your area. It doesn't have to be 10 either, by the way. <laughs> then We may not make it to the 10, but that's going to be our goal. It doesn't have to be 10. It could be one. Find a shrine that's near you. Find um, a, a spiritual destination that's near you, whether it's a basilica or a cathedral, um, a shrine dedicated to a particular saint. Um, find one that is near you and make a plan to go visit it. Take some people along with you if you want. Take your kids, take your husband, take your family, take your friends. Um, find a way to make a spiritual pilgrimage, a trip, a part of your goals in 2020. Now, one that I've heard of people doing, and this is very interesting, is um, I know some people make a pilgrimage to visit the church where they were baptized. Now, that's a really lovely idea. And as I was considering it, when I was preparing the notes for this podcast, it occurred to me, I have no idea where I was baptized. <laughs> I need to find that out. I need to ask my parents because the parish that I grew up in, um, I don't believe was their parish when I was an infant and for sure not the parish they're attending now. Um so I need to find that out. And um, I'm guessing, because they were living in New Hampshire when I was born, that it would be easy for me to make a pilgrimage to the church where I was baptized. Perhaps I've done it and I didn't even know. Anyway, um, something for you to consider. Figure out, if you don't know, like me, where you were baptized. There's another opportunity to uh, make a pilgrimage to the church where you were baptized and go to that church and, and make some prayers of thanksgiving for the gift of grace you received in your baptism. Another thing is to make a pilgrimage to the church where you are married. If it isn't the one that you're currently attending, great opportunity to make a pilgrimage and then ask for spiritual blessings for your marriage and your family. So those are just some ideas. Um, another one is, and now by the time this publishes, it'll probably be too late for you to sign up and register or make a plan to get to the March for Life. But that's another trip that I always consider a, a pilgrimage. Um, my family and I are attending this year. Multiple of us are going to be there. Dan, my husband's going to be with us. And um, we're making that pilgrimage uh, with a group from our church. And um, that very much is a pilgrimage because it's it's kind of a sacrifice getting there. It's hard. You're driving on this bus all day and um, through the night on the way back, and there's not a lot of sleep, and there's not a lot of rest, and there's not a lot of warmth oftentimes during the march, but a great way to make that pilgrimage and offer it up in sacrifice, in petition for an end to abortion, for uh, in petition that our nation might come to respect all human life in all of its forms and all of its ages and stages. So um, that's another one that you might consider. Might be too late for this year because um, by the time this publishes, it will be pretty close to the March for Life. But maybe there's an opportunity for you to participate. Um, look for a way to do that. But that is another way that you might consider making a pilgrimage in 2020. Okay, so those are my six ideas for spiritual resolutions in 2020. Let's go back through them. First of all, consider making a spiritual resolution to truly recognize the penitential 
uh, part of every Friday, whether that's Meatless Fridays or taking on some other penance on Fridays. Uh, number two, read a spiritual book on a regular basis. Have it ongoing. Keep it handy. Number three, make a daily reading practice um, of some sort of spiritual nature. Find yourself a resource that works for that for you. Uh, number four, read scripture every day. Get to know your Bible. Get comfortable with your Bible. Uh, number five, begin and end each day with prayer, being deliberate about it, being purposeful about it, making it truly a part of your everyday routine. And number six, consider making a pilgrimage of some kind in the coming year. Again, don't try to do all of these at once. Uh, you know, even if you are encouraged and inspired by all of them, start with start with just one and see how you do and then move on to the next ones. Don't make yourself um, become overwhelmed with all of them. Although they are small practices, I'll allow you to pick two if you want to. Um, anyway, but let me know how you're doing with them. Let me know how your spiritual... Uh, resolutions are going for 2020 or what your spiritual resolutions are for 2020 if it doesn't happen to be something that we've talked about here in this list. Let me know what your goals are for 2020. I would love to hear from you. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on social media. I am Danielle Bean on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You know I would love to connect with you and add your input, your feedback to a future episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. Coming up, we have some listener feedback and an update from a special listener. But first, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. My name is Father Mark Toops, author of The Way of the Cross, praying the Psalms with Jesus. Jesus, as an observant Jewish man, would have gone through his days with the Psalms constantly on his lips. And in these new reflections on this ancient tradition, I want to invite you to come even closer to our Lord, to meditate on his heart and to pray as he would have prayed in the moments of his passion. It will fundamentally change the way you experience the stations of the cross. Don't just pray about Jesus, pray with him on the journey to Calvary. To order the way of the cross, praying the Psalms with Jesus, visit Ascension Press. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share some listener feedback with you. And this is my favorite kind because it's an update from listener Dawn. So Dawn had reached out. Let me check the date here. Oh boy, it was it, it was about nine months ago. Dawn had reached out in response to the episode we did about the spiritual benefits of fasting. And um, she had shared that she was having a little bit of difficulty with patience in her life. She's been feeling quite impatient because she was in the process of wrapping up RCIA, her conversion to the Catholic faith. And um, she was going through an annulment process, which was frustrating, and she was waiting for it to be completed. Anyway... She shared that the episode on fasting and patience was helpful to her because she was going through something that was making her feel very impatient. Uh, but Dawn gave us a happy update at the end of last year. So this is what she shared. She said, below, I attached my original email to you, which now seems like eons ago. However, I wanted to update you as well as thank you and your listeners who may have kept us in their prayers. The day after our second wedding anniversary, we received confirmation that my annulment finally went through. It was a long and bumpy ride, but here we are, ready to renew our vows inside our wonderful church with family and friends surrounding us. Patience is not my best virtue. I am also a bit controlling in the sense of wanting things to happen on my time frame. But this process has taught me that when 
I let go and pray and let be. God will deliver and deliver bigger than I could have ever imagined. During this journey, God delivered a calling to my husband and I to create a homeless charity. This creation has led us on a path to become closer to our parish members and priests. When our annulment news was shared, we were happily surprised to discover that these same people were also our biggest supporters and cheerleaders. So perhaps this journey was meant for us to discover greater things about ourselves as well as others. I can imagine no greater blessing. I also want to thank you, Danielle, for your upbeat podcast and topics that have been my saving grace through this long and stressful process. It kept me focused on the bigger picture of this process. God bless, Dawn. Well, thank you, Dawn, for that happy update. God bless you in your marriage. I am thrilled that you have that happy update. Welcome to the Catholic Church. I'm thrilled that you are experiencing all of these spiritual blessings as a result of learning to let go a little bit of that control and trust in God. And you know what? That's a familiar story, Don. It's something we all struggle with. So don't feel like you are alone in that at all, for sure. That struggle with patience and that want for control is something that I think is an ongoing process for all of us. And we're in different stages of it at different points in our lives. I'm thrilled that God gave you that enormous blessing of having that annulment go through and all of that process of you founding that charity inside of your parish community. Sounds like God had bigger plans for sure than you could have planned for yourself. And that is so often the case. So thank you so much for that encouraging update, Don. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the ways that you encourage and support what we do here at Girlfriends. I love it. And you know this when listeners give me feedback like Don did. So if you are interested in giving me some feedback on a previous episode or giving me an idea for a topic, or if you have a question for me that you might like me to take up on a future episode of Girlfriends, you can reach me at danielle at daniellebean.com. You know, I would love to hear from you. One of the other ways that I love to connect with listeners here at Girlfriends is through our Facebook group. If you're not familiar with our Facebook group, this is a private group only for listeners of the Girlfriends podcast. So it is closed off to other people. If you are on Facebook and you have friends and family that perhaps you don't want to share particular questions that you might be asking about, know this. If you are a part of the Girlfriends Facebook group on Facebook, only people who are also members of that particular Facebook group can see what you write and share there. So I love that it's sort of a safe place for us to open up and um, an opportunity to share about things that we might be struggling with. And it truly has been growing and turning into that. I was pleased to see that during the Advent season when I was busy and distracted with many things, um, there were people sharing on the Facebook group that um, I didn't have time to get to their particular questions or they're asking for resources. But by the time I got to it, there already were many responses. So it's really becoming very much that kind of community like I hoped that it would, where people are able to meet the needs of others, connect with others, share resources and inspire and encourage and build up and support one another inside of Catholic family living. So if you are interested in becoming a member of that Facebook group, you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends Podcast and make your request there. You do have to request to join and I do have to approve your request. Um, but there's really no criteria other than when you are requesting, I take a look at your profile, make sure you're a real person and uh, let you in the group that way. If you can't remember that URL, you can always go to the show notes for the Girlfriends Podcast, which are always available at ascensionpress.com. There is a link there. 
Again, if you don't always want to remember to have to go to ascensionpress.com for those show notes, there's an easy way that you can subscribe and get those show notes sent to your inbox every week. If you're listening to the podcast and I say something like, there's this great book, there's this great resource, I read this thing online, I'll put the link in the show notes, and you're thinking, I'm never going to think to go and look up these show notes. You might be driving, you might be running, you might be folding laundry, whatever it is. If you're thinking, there's no way I'm going to go and look up those show notes, you can subscribe to the show notes and then you will have that peace of mind in knowing you always are getting those links and that information, those resources delivered to your inbox every week. An easy way for you to subscribe to the Girlfriends Podcast show notes is to text the word girlfriends to 33. 33- 777. Again, that's texting the word girlfriends to 33777. That's an easy way that you can get subscribed to the Girlfriends podcast. Another bonus is that you will always know when there's a new episode for you to check out and have the resources right there, all those links at the ready every week. You don't want to miss a single episode. So this is another way that you can more fully engage with the Girlfriends community. Text the word girlfriends to 33777. And now before we have to go, I just want to share a special offer that is available for a limited time related to my newest book, which is not yet published. My book, Giving Thanks and Letting Go, Reflections on the Gift of Motherhood, which is going to be available from Ave Maria Press in February. I believe the date, the exact date is February 7th of this year. This book I've shared with you before, but in case you don't recall, is sort of a update, a follow-up to my original book, my very first ever book, which was My Cup of Tea, Musings from a Catholic Mom, which are very personal essays about family life, reflections, thoughts on Catholic family living, my own experiences, my own challenges, my own triumphs, my own joys, um, and my own struggles inside of Catholic motherhood. So that book I wrote over 15 years ago. And when I was going back through and reading it recently, I was really struck by how different I am now, how different my perspective is, how much my family has changed, how much my own perspective has changed. That first book is still very real and still very honest. In fact, I now own the rights to it. It's out of print, and I'm planning to republish it myself through Amazon, hopefully making it available by the time Giving Thanks and Letting Go is available in February. Because it was so different, I felt called to kind of write an update to that particular book. And I did. And that's what this book is. So it is very much along those same lines, a collection of personal essays about family life, but written from my perspective now as a mom of grown up and growing up kids in this new stage of life where my children are going away to college, getting married in many ways, beginning lives of their own, and what that means for me at this stage of parenting, where my youngest is 13. It's a very different thing. That book is going to be available in February. I'm telling you all of this in this big, long, convoluted way, because I want to share with you that Ave Maria Press is offering a special discount for people who pre-order the book. That means ordering it now before it's actually shipping. So pre-orders are really important to authors and to publishers because it does let publishers know that people are interested in the book. It's a huge vote of confidence. So I'm so grateful if you are able to pre-order the book. It is a huge help to me personally. I'm encouraged by it, um, but also professionally, it's a huge help in sales of the book and a huge help with my publisher. So if you are able to, and I would love it if you would go to AveMariaPress.com and pre-order your copy of Giving Thanks and Letting Go, Reflections on the Gift of Motherhood. I'll put the link in the show notes. Again, 
(laughs) subscribe to the show notes so that you won't miss all these links that I talk about. I will put a link to that in the show notes. And then when you do that, when you pre-order, be sure to use the code BEAN, B-E-A-N, my last name, as a coupon code as part of your checkout process. And when you do that, you'll receive 20% off of that pre-order. So that's pretty cool. That's a nice little bonus for your pre-order. And I wanted to be sure to get this in because this offer does end January 31st of this year. So you have a limited time in which to be able to pre-order your copy and get that 20% discount. Again, the code is BEAN, B-E-A. And if you use that code at checkout at Ave Maria Press, you will receive 20% off of your pre-order. Thank you so much for considering doing that. I am so encouraged by your support. And finally, I just want to give a shout out to some places that I'm going to be in the coming months. In case you are in that area, you know I would love to be able to meet you in person. One of the greatest joys of going to events and doing retreats in various places across the country is when I get to meet girlfriends, listeners live and in the flesh. I would love to be able to meet you in person as well. So some places coming up that I am going to be Our first of all, at the end of February, beginning uh, February 20th through the 25th, I'm going to be at the Los Angeles Religious Education Congress that happens out in Anaheim every year. I'm going to be representing Catholic Mom there. I'm going to be speaking at a couple of the workshops. So really excited to be able to be there. And that's a huge event. So if you're anywhere in that area, I recommend coming and checking it out. And I'd love to be able to meet you in person while I am there. Um, Then after that, on Saturday, March 7th, I'm going to be giving my You're Worth It retreat at Precious Blood Parish in Jasper, Indiana. Then Saturday, March 14th, I'm going to be speaking at the Women's Conference in Fresno, California. I'd love it if I could meet you there. Saturday, March 28th, I'm going to be speaking at the Women's Conference in Norwich, Connecticut. If you are in that area, I'd love it if you would come out as well. I'll put links and the information about each of these events in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. I've got a few others in the works. I'm already beginning to book some events for the fall of 2020. So if you're interested in having me come to your parish, your community, your women's group, be a part of your women's conference, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to get you on my calendar. You can always reach me at danielle at daniellebean.com. Or for more information about my retreats, you can go to daniellebean.com slash retreats or daniellebean.com slash speaking. I'd love for us to make a plan together for me to come to your community. But for now, that's all the time we have. And I just want to thank you for being here. Out of all the ways you encourage and support what I do here at Girlfriends, the most important one is just showing up. Showing up each week is so valuable and it's so encouraging to me to know that you are listening to what I share here, that we are connecting in this way week after week is so meaningful and valuable to me. So thank you for being here. Your presence is a gift to me. Thank you so much for being a part of the Girlfriends community. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.